Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. The final section of Playmakers comes out a week from today, and this is not a gratuitous plug this is actually useful for a change usually Uh it's gratuitous i'll admit it i'll admit it i got a book to sell baby every other time it's been gratuitous hey man i'm trying to sell books get off me lay off me i'm starving lay off me i'm starving it's another one of the themes of playmakers the nfl can't get out of its own way use that quote from you in my book one of the themes of playmakers you've taken me into the neighborhood of one of the topics of my book playmakers I'm aware, I've caught wind of a review of Playmakers that is coming, I think, later this week. There's a money quote there that will be engraved on the other side of the tombstone. It is a perfect description of who I am. Like Mike Florio. I mean, don't waste your time reading, uh, reading crap like that. Here it is, baby. Today's the day. Look at that. Oh, I'm just going to hold it up whoa, here. Whoa, whoa. Hey, oh, hey, oh, oh. The whole show. Here. Hey. Oh, oh hey, you got one, too. Oh, Wait a minute. That's Wait a right. Minute. How'd you get one? Well, I don't know. You didn't send it to me. That's for sure, you jerk. You snarky comic well, jerk, you. <laughs> it's not about JFK. I knew I'd be wasting my time. <laughs> no. I told you. You said you had some copies. I said I wanted a nice note inside it with some four-letter words specifically right to me. That's what I want. But thank God this is finally here. The day has come, March 15th. Oh, my gosh. Maybe we don't have to hear about it as much. Are you going to give us, like, sales updates and let us know as the time goes along here? I mean, what's going to go on? Yes. Yes. First of all, first of all, that's an advanced copy, and I assume that is the one that was sent to Matt Casey, and it looks like he's maybe read 50 pages of it after five oh, months. Oh, you signed this one? Yeah. Yeah, what should I say? read it? Uh, Chris Sims sucks. It says no. No, no don't read it. Oh, okay. Don't read it. It's not that bad. I don't bad. know what it says. Okay, don't read it. It says to Listen. Matt Casey, you mumbling, stuttering prick. <laughs> <laughs> From Mike Florio. Sounds just like you. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, that's funny. You were afraid. Uh, yours, you forgot yours, what you wrote, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I did forget what I wrote. I'm going to sign yours 
the way that Lawrence Taylor signed that shirt Good. That was sent to me last year for my 56th birthday. Something along the lines of bad mother effer. Yeah, that's which right. Which is just awesome <laughs> that someone would describe themselves that way. I was doing a radio spot last night on West Virginia Metro News. Tony Caridi, who's been the voice of the West Virginia Mountaineers for 30-plus years. One thing he learned from reading Playmakers is that you lost your spleen. No, he didn't he had know no that. idea. Wow. A, a whole new a whole new universe of people are going to become aware of the fact that you nearly died playing football in 2006. So you have that going for you, which is nice. Okay, I guess so. Maybe that'll give me a little more compassion in the world. Maybe some people will read it and go, you know, the guy's a jerk, but damn, he is missing a he is missing a major organ. So we'll we'll cut him some slack. Maybe you help me that way. I did point out when they said that, that you always say, when I lost my spleen, as if it's your car keys and you're going to find it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> or, or I get a lot of people go, how's your spleen? And I go, I don't know. It's in the trash somewhere. I, don't, I have no idea. You know, I don't, I, people, I, I'm not sure if they realize it was removed sometimes. They knew I had a spleen injury, but yeah, it's uh, certainly something I got to talk about a few times a week. Can we read hey, look, one of the things? Can I read an expert, an excerpt at some point? I think during you can the read show. an expert. Yeah, you can yeah. read an expert. At <laughs> I'm some not point a reading like expert. To. I know that. <laughs> be careful though. Be careful though, because some of your favorite words are in there, but not many. My wife has been giving me grief because she said, "You know, some kids may read this." And you know what I said in response? You know what I said? You know kids, what I said? Kids gotta learn. Kids gotta learn sometime. <laughs> that didn't go over well. <laughs> I can tell you. Sources close to me tell me that did not go over well when I said kids gotta learn sometime. But it's the truth, and I learned it from you. That's one of the many gifts of the relationship for Thank you. nearly five years now. Good Lord. Yes. But but what this book does, uh, for folks out there who are familiar with what we do, it's it's a compendium, I guess that's the right word if you happen to read an expert of it, that uh, would, would indeed give you an idea of the past 20 years in the NFL, one story at a time, anecdotes, controversies, scandals, guys almost dying on the field. And, you know, one of the lessons to be taken from what happened to you in 2006, there's no way in hell post-2009 that happens, not after the NFL was forced to wake up to the health and safety issues and then has spent the past 13 years trying to catch up and trying right. to show sensitivity, real or contrived, to the fact that the human beings who play football can become seriously injured and potentially die on the field. So um, I, I, I'm convinced that if somebody went through what you went through in September of 2006 today, there's no way that guy's still on the field. There's no way right, that right. guy's still playing at the end of the game. There's no way that the opposing quarterback will be saying after the final gun sounds, you don't look so good. Yeah. So, yeah, right. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just it's an and that's all happened in the last 20 years. And it's one after another. And it's all in there. And when you read it all together, somebody explained it the other day as a mosaic. I wish I had thought of that word myself. But it really is. It's little pieces that come together. And as you read them, it, it teaches you broader truths about what the NFL does well and what the NFL doesn't do well. And there's plenty of things the NFL doesn't do well, but the NFL continues to succeed financially, and that's the problem. What's the incentive? Yeah. We talk about this all the time. They, need, they should do this better, but you know what? Why? <laughs> What's the incentive? They're still making more money than they can ever spend, more super yachts than they could ever buy. Why? Who, who cares? And part of the goal is to try to make them care, to make them do right for the sake of doing right, not because it's going to help them make more money. No, I mean, Mike, you're great that way. You always fight the good fight. And I'm, I'm interested, you know, not that I'm going to sit here and read this book cover to cover, but I am. I will read little parts, certainly, 
And Mike, I've always appreciated your history, not your history, your knowledge of the sport, and then your willingness to speak out and point out problems and not just to be a jerk, you know, to, to, because you love the sport. I do. I, I respect that. So hopefully, you know, this, this book flies off the, the shelves, you know, it is your second book. Hopefully it's better sales than the first one. I don't know what the, how that first one did quarterback of of the future. I will, I will give you the finger on the air today. I think I can get away with it today since it's book release day. I'm told that there, there was a run of signed copies made available by Premier Collectibles. That's sold out. Now, there were only three, but it's still sold out. Sold Boom. out is sold you out, no matter it. how many sold there were. Sold out. Sold yep. out. Sold out. Yep. It's sold out. That's all it is. Sold there were three, out. Signed copies. but they're sold out. Oh, don't tell people yeah. that. Don't tell us three. <laughs> Leave that out. Yeah. Um, but uh, there were more than three. I, I can't say that. Uh, but uh, regardless, I, I guess we need to replenish the stock because some people actually were foolish enough to spend one extra dollar to get the signed copy. That's what the That's value all was, a dollar? of the signature is worth. Wow. One dollar more. Wow. Well, well, one dollar above retail price yes, retail yes. price is 29 dollars. but one thing i've oh, learned oh that's expensive in the six months of trying to sell this book retail is for suckers because you can find it at a minimum of 10 percent off they had it last week on amazon for about a day at 20 percent off and we sold a crap load once i let people know it was 20 percent off i think amazon's probably upset with me now i think the drones are going to be hovering over the house and blowing it up here before too long because, I mean, they have the drones. They may as well use them for evil. Oh, you might but, get the uh, whole spaceship, like the whole fleet yeah, come yeah. to your house. You don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, they, they stopped that 20% once they realized that it was working. So uh, we've been on the lookout for different sales and let people know and if they want to buy. I, you know, and again, I, I think people will enjoy it. If they enjoy the program, if they enjoy the website, they'll enjoy the book. But as our good friends, PFT Commenter and... Big Cats say, in a quote that's on the back cover, uh, we thought this was going to be about the ESPN show. It's not, but it's still good. If you have to read a book, this would be a good choice. So glowing <laughs> endorsement great. from them. <laughs> I really awesome. wanted the Aaron Rodgers quote on the back cover. Right. I really wanted, don't waste your time reading and this what crap. happened? You know, I, I was gently nudged away from it. So gently, I didn't even realize it happened. That, that's, that's good. Whoever at Public Affairs... A an imprint of Hachette. Whoever did that with me f- has has figured out how to work me because I had no idea it even happened. I went from being gung ho, that's going to be on the back cover, to one day it's like, wait a minute, what happened to the Aaron Rodgers quote? Yeah. I thought it was going to be on the back cover. They right. completely manipulated me away from it. So bravo, Way public affairs, if Man. that was your objective. Man. And look, Aaron Rodgers didn't say that in the context of this book. He made that that infamous line a couple of years before I'd even conceived the idea. So it wouldn't have been a fair representation. Although he probably would say it about this book. He didn't say it about this book. He just said it about me generally. So it wouldn't have been fair to appropriate his name as I know. Could he sue you? Could he have sued you for that anyway? That would have been great. Wouldn't that have been great? Here it is. I mean, don't waste your time reading uh reading crap like that that's right <laughs> thanks <Amazing>. Eric. <laughs> um wouldn't it uh, be great if he had sued me oh, wouldn't that be and you know what he's petty year. enough to do it <laughs> i he, i provided that insult not for the purposes of you marketing your book it was unrelated to your book and blah 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 and he's got the money what the hell all he's got to do is tell his yeah. lawyers to go do it that's right he may sue me for just he merely just musing ble- about the fact that he you out sued me. just bleed the florio fortune out slowly but surely <laughs> 
by the way, is he ever going to sign his new contract? I, 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 I making people I nervous. I don't think he's changed his mind. But you know what? Tom Brady, six days after retiring, changed his mind. And it's now been seven days since we found out Aaron Rodgers was staying with the Packers. I don't know. It is weird. You know what I, well, you, but, but it's not because you know what? We're talking about Aaron Rodgers yeah, yeah. right now. Right. That's the thing. He's going to run this right until tomorrow because he becomes a subject of attention and discussion and scrutiny and worry. Is he going to sign that extension? If he doesn't, they got a problem. He's yeah. got a $46.66 million cap number. Their only alternative is to start cutting guys. Or, 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 and may, I, may, we're going to get to free agency in a second. Maybe, just maybe, he wants them to rescind the franchise tag from Devontae Adams. Although, if that's the case, he'll end up signing with someone else, potentially not with the Green Bay Or maybe Packers. he just right. didn't like that the contract stuff got released, and this is like his way of kind of making them squirm a little bit, the fact that that got out there. It's entirely possible, entirely possible, that Aaron Rodgers is – insisting on an adjustment to the contract that was negotiated so that the initial reports will be wrong after the fact. That's possible. I'm not saying it's happening. Yeah. All I'm saying is it's po- – I'm sorry, I got something in my eye. It's possible. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, day funny. one of free agency. You know, they, they I, we said this last night on PFTPM. They call it the negotiating period. They call it legal tampering. Yes. Let's just call it what it is. Right. It's the start of free agency. That's what it is. When these deals are done, a minute after the negotiating period opens, when the NFL is trumpeting these deals on its social feeds, this is the start of free agency, and it began yesterday. And uh, teams with rookies or quarterbacks on rookie deals, as the case may be, were loading up where they could to help them out. Let's begin with the Chargers, and we've seen this coming. It started last week with the trade that will bring officially Khalil Mack to the Chargers on Wednesday. They've got Justin Herbert entering year three of his rookie deal. Can't sign him to a new contract until after this season ends, so they got money they can spend. And in addition to what they'll be spending on Khalil Mack, as we expected, as we had heard, Open secret, they were going after J.C. Jackson. And I'm surprised he wasn't one of the 12.01 p.m. Eastern announcements. It came a little bit later in the day. J.C. Jackson to the Chargers. Five years, $82.5 million. He wanted $20 million a year. The good news is he gets $20 million a year over the first two years. $40 million over the first two years. Then it becomes year-to-year option for the Chargers after that. So he's getting $40 million guaranteed at signing. A great deal for a guy who was undrafted. That's how it's supposed to work. The guys who come in and play well are supposed to get paid, and J.C. Jackson did by virtue of the fact that the Patriots didn't use the franchise tag and he was able to leave. Yeah, no, I mean, phenomenal football player. Yes, I thought he would get closer to that $20 million million a year range. But, hey, you know, I think we saw this coming just from the way Brandon Stanley answered some of our questions at the Combine last week. I mean, he was pretty open with the fact that their personnel did not match up with the way he wanted to coach football on that side of, you know, the defensive side of the ball. So they're aggressive. You know, they're looking at it going, like you said, we got a rookie quarterback. We kind of got the offense where we want it. We re-signed one of our big, big free agents and, my, and, and uh, Michael Williams, Mike Williams. You know, they got the offensive line settled last year, so they can look at the offense and go, hey, we're kind of good over there. Now let's address our head coach's defensive side of the ball. And, I mean, killing it. I don't know any other way to say it. Khalil Mack, imperative to what, what Brandon Staley wants to do. You know, 3-4 outside linebacker can also play defense at end. The scheme itself is rooted in its 3-4 roots there. Sebastian Joseph Day, you know, I think one of the things we talked about a million times last year, the Chargers, they can't stop the run. They can't stop the run. They can't stop the run. 
You know, yeah, they're good at rushing the passer. Khalil Mack's one of the best outside edge stoppers as far as the run's concerned. You get a Sebastian Joseph Day from one of your rivals in town, the Rams. You take him, who's a really good football player and versatile, and then another run stopper in Austin Johnson. So they addressed a lot of needs. And not only just addressed them, they got two difference makers who can like make some superstar-type plays and say, hey, forget what you coach me, coach. Don't worry. I got, I'll take care of this. Yeah, look, they, and, and I love the Sebastian Joseph Day signing Great just one. because he stays in the same stadium. Right. He just moves to a different locker room, goes <laughs> right. from the Rams to the Chargers. And and it's symbolic of what the Chargers are trying to do. Yes, yes, they have to compete in a difficult AFC West. They also have to compete in Los Angeles. No question. Where, you know, I, I, I raised this question last night. Will the Rams banner actually be hanging when the Chargers are playing games? Because they're in that stadium where the defending champions play. No. And either the banners or the hooks on which the banners hang will be there. Yeah. So it's a reminder. It's a constant reminder. Every time they show up for work, it's a reminder that the other team that plays there is the defending champions. And they have taken over the L.A. market. And the Chargers have, I don't know that I want to say the better quarterback in Justin Herbert, but the guy with the higher ceiling. Yeah. The guy who has future. taken the NFL kind of by right. storm. And he's going to be around for a long time. Right. And now's the time to strike to put the team around him. That's where I think the urgency comes from. It's not just we got to keep up with the Chiefs and the Broncos and the Raiders. It's we got to keep up with the Rams. I, I, I agree with you there. I gotta, I, you got to think that's on their radar to a degree. So what do they do? Yeah, they got some star players to, to, to kind of you know, put them on the map in L.A. Yeah, Khalil Mack, he's going to look good on, you know, on, on posters and you know, drive-by boards on the highway and all that stuff. Same with J.C. Jackson. Let alone, listen, fits the system with Brandon Staley. And then as we know, and we've talked about a ton over the last month, I mean, the AFC West, uh, again, we know you're going to score points. Okay, we got that, we got that set up. Now we've got to worry about you know, stopping some of these offenses, you know, stopping Mahomes. All right, it's Russell Wilson and that offense. They got weapons. You know, Josh McDaniels, Derek Carr, you know you're going to be challenged by that group there. I mean, that's some unbelievable division with offensive minds, quarterbacks, and really weaponry at the wide receiver and tight end position to where, hey, the Chargers have put themselves in the spot now to where hey, we can make a stop or two uh, each half against these guys with some of the talent we got on the football field. So, Huge day by them. Certainly one of the teams you look at to go, man, not only big splashes, makes sense for what they do schematically, and uh, one of the teams that I think won the first day of free agency, at least. And this isn't, and we'll talk about the Jaguars at some point, the Jaguars, I think, are trying to spend their way out of dysfunction. This is a team that are trying to spend their way into contention. Yeah. Is that a fair assessment? I think so. Exactly right. You're right. I mean, yeah, they're, they're a team that's very close, as we know. We saw that. They were dancing on the edge of making the playoffs against the Raiders. Kind of fell apart towards the end of the year. I mean, again, we went into you know one point of the year there when Kansas City went and visited them on Thursday night where we're going, well, I mean, the Chargers look like they still got a chance to win the AFC West and be you know a major player in the AFC playoffs. And they fell apart. They needed these little finishing touches to make them, I think, a legitimate, not only just get in the AFC playoffs, but now we can make some moves and, and really be a real threat. The Cincinnati Bengals already are a real threat, but they need to do what they can to reduce the physical threat to quarterback Joe Burrow, as we saw in the Super Bowl. And if he had just a little more time, they may have won that game with a long touchdown pass to Jamar Chase because Jalen Ramsey 
got his feet tangled with Chase and was flat on the turf at SoFi Stadium. So they take a page from what the Chiefs did last year and bolster the offensive line, adding Buccaneers guard Alex Kappa and center from the Patriots Ted Karras. Now, I don't want to be overly critical of the the, uh, Bengals here, but I've seen the deals. They did exactly what I feared they would do. Right. They've stuck with the structure that doesn't pay out guarantees beyond the first year, which tells me, and I, I saw some talk that maybe they were interested in Ryan Jensen. At the end of the day, Jensen stays with the Buccaneers. But you know what? If you're going to use that outdated structure, if you're not going to guarantee money beyond year one, that's going to be a factor in whether or not you're going to get the best available players. It is. I don't know where that stubbornness comes from. I, it's an outdated mindset. The Packers do it. The Steelers had done it until the T.J. Watt deal, and maybe that's a sign that they're going to get with the times. The Bengals, you know, if you missed out on better players because you refused to guarantee money beyond the first year of the contract, shame on you. Because with Joe Burrow, they're going to have to break from that, from that tradition. They may as well start doing it now. Uh, yeah, you got to put some money in escrow. Big deal. You've got it. You've got the money. Um, if you want the better players, this is what you have to do, and everybody else except for the Packers and the Steelers are doing it. So I, I'm disappointed because I thought they really had learned their lesson. And, and again, does it mean they would have had Brandon Scherf and Ryan Jensen instead of Alex Kappa and Ted Karras? We'll never know. Yeah. But they it got these two guys under chances. contracts that, that don't guarantee money beyond the first year. And those are the contracts these guys accepted. And presumably there wasn't a better opportunity elsewhere that guaranteed money beyond the first year. No, 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 no question. It's certainly something to look at. I think you said it right. I mean, I would think Pittsburgh changed their tune a little bit in that conversation. Just with what we saw with TJ Watt, maybe it will be only a, a superstar type of thing or treatment. But yeah, I mean, as a player, as an ex-player, I mean, situations like that, of course they matter. I mean, they do. And yes, you know, when you're talking about the top tier, top of the tier market type of football players, they have the options of what you're talking about where, you know, hey, I got a premium contract offer from other teams that has everything I want, not just one year of guarantees. Uh, either way, you know, it, it probably hurt them. Yes. With a, with a guy like Ryan Jensen in Tampa who ended up going back to the Bucks, Yeah. But at the same time, these are good signings. There's no doubt about that. I mean, Kappa's a good guard. He's a road grader. He's certainly going to be a big improvement for what they had there, you know, at their guard position, especially pass protection. I mean, come on. What have all we talked about in the Super Bowl leading up to it? Adina Jay versus, you know, Aaron Donald. Good luck. Oh, my gosh. They couldn't even let him be one-on-one during the football game. Had to be addressed. And then what I like about the Ted Karras from New England type of thing, too, you know, is, 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 yes, he can play guard. We know, yeah, they could use another guard. But played some center, too. So you got a guy that could play, you know, those three positions in the interior part of the line and have some flexibility. That's where it's good. So that's a good start for the Bengals, and we'll see where they go from here. They also lost tight end C.J. Uzama to the Jets on a three-year deal. That was a surprise to that's me. That's big. Uzama's a great leader, presence in the locker room, been there since 2015. He was the only guy with any homegrown playoff experience other than punters, kickers, and snappers in that organization when they entered the postseason this past year, and uh, they're going to have to fill that void. He He's not a guy that put up huge numbers, but he's that right place, right time guy who had the the psychic link with Joe Burrow, the, the, that, that's that's going to be a challenge for them. I was surprised they let him get away. I, I, me, me, me as well. You know, again, and really, you know, what he signed out to deal with the Jets for like $8 million a year, which we've looked at to go, man, the tight end market, that's not a huge number. 
Hey, but the Jets, they're looking at it going, I think they're seeing exactly what you're seeing. They're going, damn, this guy's a pretty good run blocker. He's good in the pass game. You know, he understands where to sit in zone coverage. He can beat you over the top. We saw him beat Marlon Humphrey for a post route early in the year. And then the Jets, yes, it's it's Mike LaFleur running the show. They're looking for their tight end that can, you know, be a George Kittle, be that guy in the offense. You know, these Shanahan guys, they want that tight end because it helps with the checks and balances of their run game. Oh, wait, you overplayed the run here to the tight end side? Oh, wait, he's out the back door. We're throwing a play-action pass or a bootleg to him. You know, that keeps defenses off of what they want to do. Very important position. I was surprised, too, Mike, that they let Uzuma go away. But they got weapons, and they know they're going to have to pay some you know, guys on their offense here at some point, so they can't keep everybody. All the way back to week one, the tone-setting game, the victory in overtime against the Vikings when Minnesota foolishly treated midfield like the goal line, put all those guys up there. Remember that play? And Joe Burrow audibled, and the last guy, the last read on that play was Uzama. Yeah. And there was like one time before they had run that play in practice and Burrow had thrown it to him and, and it worked, and they completed it, and they kicked the field goal, and they won the game, and they, they started a season that ultimately shocked everyone when they made it to the Super Bowl. If they're going to get back, they're going to have to do it without gotcha. Uzama. Let's look at what the Jets did. They added Lakin Tomlinson from the 49ers. Here Brilliant. comes the raid on Mike, on Mike on Kyle Shanahan's staff. Yeah. Uh, three years, $40 million deal for him with $27 million guaranteed. They keep Braxton Berrios with a two-year, $12 million deal. We mentioned Uzama beefing up the offense so they can get more out of their guy from BYU, Zach Wilson. I saw, like, there were odds that had the Jets on the board as a potential destination for Deshaun Watson. No, they got to see what they have in Zach Wilson. They're not cutting the court on Zach Wilson. They didn't enough around him. You couldn't even begin to see what the guy can do. You got to put pieces around him to figure out who he is and what he's going to be at the NFL level. Yeah, exactly right. And, I mean, the one thing we saw towards the end of the year with, with Zach Wilson is a lot of, like, wow moments. I, I mean, again, I don't even know why. Why wouldn't you want to stand pat with the guy? I mean, the guy was making some plays and throws at the end of the year where you just go, there's only a handful of quarterbacks in the league that can do this. So they're special there. And, yes, I think, you know, you talk about Uzuma, Uzuma, Uzuma. I mean, damn, I'm all over the place with his name. Uzama, thank you. You know, yes, an integral part of that system like we were talking about. They're trying to find their George Kittle. And then we know offensive line is a thing. And you, you get this guy here, Lakin Tomlinson, you know, understands the scheme. He's big. You know, he's powerful. He's athletic for his size. Can do all the movement things the Shanahan zone scheme, you know, entails. And you got Elijah Vera Tucker, their first pick from last year. George Fant played good. Makai Becton, you hope he turns around this year and stays healthy. And then you sit there and you go, whoa, the Jets O-line has a chance to be dominant here and really be, you know, some butt kickers and, and give Zach Wilson a chance. So, yeah, good moves by the Jets, ones that make sense. And now we'll see if they make some other splash moves, maybe to get, you know, a few more skill guys around Zach Wilson. Trying to do what they can to get the most out of the second overall pick from the 2021 draft. The team that exercised pick number one last year, the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> they spent like drunken sailors, which is fitting because this is all money that comes directly from Shad Khan's super yacht maintenance budget of at least a million dollars a week, I would assume. 
Money is being diverted, buying your way out of dysfunction after all the crap they went through last year. Sometimes this is what you have to do. And ideally in free agency, what you want to be able to do is win the ties. You want to be able to put your offer on the table. It's the same as someone else's, and the player chooses you. The Jaguars don't have that luxury. If they want to make their team better, they have to spend in the short term. And spend they did. They snatched Brandon Scherf away from Washington, tagged two straight years by the commanders. They pick up Christian Kirk a huge deal for the former Cardinals receiver. They get Zay Jones, the former Raiders and Bills receiver. They get Evan Ingram, the tight end from the Giants, who was getting some buzz, maybe a slot receiver in Buffalo. I mean, the, the hits go on and on for the Jaguars yesterday, and we've seen this before. We know that this isn't going to make a team into a contender, but it could take a team from... The, the bottom rungs of the league and start the process of popping them in the right direction. Yes, uh, that's that's the right thing. I mean, it gives them, yeah, it gives it gives the team hope, the locker room a new feel. It gives the whole city a new feel. Wait, this isn't the same Urban Meyer team. And when you think about Urban Meyer in Jacksonville, the first word that comes to your head is, you know, dysfunctional. What a What a crap show that was. I mean, all those things come to your head. This kind of washes that away. It gives you a new vibe for a new football team, let alone, I mean, damn, some players there. I mean, Scherf, as we've talked about, one of the best guards in football. Yes, he's been a little banged up here the last few years, so you just got to get him to stay healthy, but definitely one of the best guards in football. And then you get into Christian Kirk, you know, a receiver who's dangerous, can do a lot of things, can play the slot, can play outside, burn you deep. He's perfect. Doug Peterson's getting guys together. That make it look like they're trying to redo what they did in Philadelphia in 2017. Big overpowering offensive line. You know, some scary receivers and then a tight end in Evan Ingram. To me, this was one of the steals of free agency. Evan Ingram for one year, $9 million. I'm a little surprised by the deal in general. But he's got a Zach Ertz. But this guy's even more talented. You know, yes, I think he was on a lot of people's radar because there's not many people on, on planet Earth like Evan Ingram that are built the way he is and can run the way he is. He's got a little bit of a bad rep in the New York area because he dropped some big passes. But wow. And then you talk about what they did on the defensive side. I mean, Jacksonville won the first day of free agency. And it wasn't just stupid spending just to go like, we're going to get the stars of the stars and just throw out money to do it that way. It made sense to me. It made sense for how they want to play and what they need for their new coaching staff. The fact that Evan Ingram signed a one-year, $9 million deal so early into the process or agreed to terms to sign as of Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, got to get the nomenclature right, that tells me. Now, obviously, we know that tampering happens. He knew what the long-term offers were, and he didn't like any of them, so he decided, I'll take $9 million for a year, try to have the kind of season that puts me in position next year to break the bank. You usually see guys do that later in the process, but Angram exhausted the market on long-term deals and knew his best play was a one-year deal, and he apparently thinks they're going to have something special in Jacksonville, special enough for him in his connection with Trevor Lawrence to have the kind of season that will make him very attractive next year in free agency. He's making that that bet, and my guess is other teams are willing to do that one-year deal he goes to Jacksonville, and maybe, maybe it's as simple as Jacksonville kicked in a little bit more than someone else would. I bet but you still, it is, right. He's consciously doing the one year and then the hope to get back next year and get more than one year and get a lot more than $9 million. Yeah, yeah, and has a chance to. I think Evan Ingram has superstar potential. He does. 
You know, he had some big drops up here in the New York area, and it led to a you know just a bad perception and aura around him. You know, this gives him a fresh start, and like you said, it gives Trevor Lawrence a fresh start. I mean, what they did here, it gives him a fighting chance. You know, Doug Peterson, him together. I mean, now you you pair Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, you know, with LaVisca Chenault. Marvin Jones is still there. You go, wow, that's that's pretty damn good. And then add, add, add Evan Ingram. Let's not forget Travis Etienne's going to be back from, you know, injury, let alone we know James Robinson's already damn good. That's a pretty good group right there right off the bat. You just talk about that. And then, hey, the defensive side is the one that's not getting enough love, in my opinion. I mean, uh, Fadukasi, Foley Fadukasi from the Jets. I mean, wow, player, you know, I mean, disruptor, can get after the quarterback. That's a big mover on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, he got the new defensive coordinator from the Bucks, and now he got a middle linebacker who I think was severely underrated in the eyes of the media and Foyasad Aluakon from, from Atlanta to where they kind of got their – his version of a Devin White now, a guy that could just run around and kill people and play middle linebacker. So Jacksonville, I think, answered a lot of uh, questions in their roster yesterday and I think even went a long way to changing the culture of the team a little bit with these type of moves. Four years, $72 million for Christian Kirk. The deal is worth up to $84 million. That's a $12 million incentive package. It's $3 million per year based upon receiving yards. They they haven't released the numbers that sometimes the incentive triggers are so high that it's impossible to reach. Here's a joke. Christian Kirk, Kirk Cousins, guys named Kirk securing generational wealth off of desperate franchises. I, I think it's two very different circumstances, but at the same time, that's a lot of money for Kirk, Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk's never had a thousand yard receiving season. And he's getting four years, $72 million. How surprised were you by that investment in a guy who you're making that that payment based on potential and expectation, not past production. Yeah, I mean, that's what they're doing. They're paying for, for what they've seen on the field and going, you know what, we think you got you know more to offer here. That's what they're, they're, they're basically paying them for. And I think there was a guy here that there was a market for. You know, it, it's, this is, he's got a lot of versatility to his game. You know, he's one of those guys that you could give him reverses and speed sweeps and toss the ball to him. He's one of those wide receivers, again, that's, you know, a receiver that's built a little bit like a running back, let alone he can do the slot wide receiver Julian Edelman stuff and has enough strength and, and, and pure speed on the outside to where you go, he can win one-on-ones. So for the Doug Peterson offense and what he asks of receivers, I think it makes you know, a lot of sense. I do. And then you get a Zay Jones who's more of a route runner with a little size, you know, can do the intermediate routes. You know, that, that's where, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense. So, uh, I, I mean, I was a little surprised by the contract as far as how expensive it was. But I think when you also look at it and go, well, hey, a guy like Robert Woods, he's making $16.5 million. There's some other receivers in the market where I go, Christian Kirk is more explosive and dangerous. And let's not forget, he was stuck on an offense that – you know, was new and was featuring, had some other weapons that they featured and, of course, featured DeAndre Hopkins early in his career to where he got the majority of the footballs, and now he'll be the feature guy. The four-year, $72 million deal for Kirk prompted a reaction from Debo Samuel, who laughed at the projection that he'll get based upon what Kirk received four years $567 million. <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> up to, up to. That includes that that up to 
That's uh, with all potential incentives. Up to is the key. And that's one of the things to keep an eye on when you see these reports. Up to means the guy's never going to make that much. You can put whatever you want in the back end of up to. There's incentives in there. Sometimes they require the guy to be the Super Bowl MVP every single year. I mean, it's ridiculous some of the clauses that are in there to get the up to amount of a contract. The Steelers got a bargain when it comes to quarterback. Is he the long-term answer? Is he a short-term bridge? Is he just a placeholder until the draft rolls around? We'll break down one of the more surprising moves of the first day of free agency when Pietro Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. You cannot be serious about Mason Rudolph being your starting quarterback. I saw he was in studio with Jim Rome the other day. It's like, this isn't Marlon Brando, it's Mason Rudolph. I mean... I, I, we've seen enough. Pittsburgh's yeah. only 100 miles away. Mason Rudolph come down here and beat the crap out of me, and he may do it at some point. But the Steelers cannot go forward with Mason Rudolph as their quarterback. They cannot do it, Peter. We have seen enough. It's over. It's done. Anyone who is capable of any objectivity would say that from a quarterback standpoint, even with five years on the couch, Colin Kaepernick is better than Mason Rudolph. Man. Are any lies detected in what I just said? I, no, no, I, no. You're you're right. I'm not going to disagree with a whole lot of what you said there. No, I understand what you're saying. You just you, you brought it hard there. That's all I was saying. That's why well, I chuckled. And look, hey, <laughs> the Steelers brought it hard yesterday. Cold hard cash for Mitchell Trubisky, and it was funny because all these deals, and and you you, you see the. Yeah. You know, the agents have the reporters on on the group text and they send out and everybody just parrots it. You could you could send anything and you'll see it on Shefty and Ian Rappaport's Twitter feed. Anything you get it could be a hell of a time for a prank. Too bad free agency doesn't start on April one. But the reporting on Mitchell Trubisky lacked one key element the value the money. of the contract. Right. Just two years. It was glaring. Mitchell Trubisky, two years. No no mention of the money. The money came later because it's inevitable. The numbers eventually come out. $14 million is the base. That's $7 million a year for a guy who, for now, will be at the top of the depth chart because he is making more money than Mason Rudolph. He becomes the de facto starter. But that tells you, number one, what the rest of the league ultimately thought of Mitchell Trubisky. And somebody was doing a good job last week working the media to make – this impression that Trubisky was going to be in demand yeah. to try to kickstart a market. And we're like, oh, God, this guy's – wait a minute. Trubisky's going to go out and get a crap load of money somewhere? Really? He is? I guess he is. I guess he is. I guess he didn't at two years, $14 million. So uh, hey, and, and the bottom line is either the agent made a last-ditch effort to goose the market and failed – or the agent misread the market all along and passed bad information along to the reporters who were suggesting Trubisky was going to get some big deal. I mean, really, $7 million a year with a $208 million salary cap, $7 million a year for a starting quarterback is peanuts, Chris. No, it's peanuts. It's, it says a lot. You know, and I don't know. There was a lot of buzz about Mitchell Trubisky. 
And I'm not sure, you know, if the agent thought maybe they were going to get more money because of the buzz. And, and I mean, I'm even saying buzz. Forget, like, you know, the media. There, there was teams. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky kind of, you know, re- what do I want to say? Revamped his image, right, from what it was in the Bears. He played awesome in the preseason last year. And all you heard throughout the year was how happy the Bills were. And then, of course, you started to hear, wait, the guy that coached him, Brian Dayball, he sounds like he likes him and wants to also bring him to the New York Giants. And I think that kind of, like, opened the floodgates for people to be like, wait, let's look into Mitchell Trubisky a little bit deeper here. There's some things to like, certainly. But, I mean, he's not a guy. There's some things to like. We know he's a good athlete. Offensive coordinator Matt Canada, I think that's the type of offense he wants to run. He wants to move the quarterback and play that style of football on that side of the ball. So that makes sense. But at the same time, you can't throw like starting quarterback type of money at Mitchell Trubisky either. You can't. That, I mean, your fan base and all of us would be questioning if we went, wait, you gave $20 million a year to Mitchell Trubisky? That doesn't make sense. Why? So, yes, this gives them a guy that can play, right? And if they, you know, he can win the job, great. But it also gives them, I think, the flexibility of, hey, if we do draft a guy and in, you know, the 20s with a draft pick where we go, wait, he might not be ready in year one. Mitchell Trubisky can be that placeholder type of guy, too. So there's a lot of different angles this could go. And I think it answered a lot of questions for them, at least getting him in the building. But I really do think the message is he may just be the placeholder. He yes, may be yes. He's got to the earn Mike it. Glennon. Right. Five years ago, sure. Mike Glennon was the guy the Bears signed in free agency. And it was like, well, Glennon's a quarterback this year. And then they draft Mitchell Trubisky. Sometimes you make a moderate investment, or as the case may be, a minor investment in a quarterback that everyone will think, that's our guy. And what that does is it gives you a layer of protection so that when you are on the clock with the 20th overall pick in the draft, or if you are contemplating trading up, as the Steelers will do for guys they really like, it's not as obvious as it otherwise would be that you're thinking quarterback. If Mason Rudolph is your now. guy, yeah. it's obvious that you're thinking quarterback. Now, maybe you aren't. Right. But, you know, I, I remember when Phillip Rivers got $25 million to be the starter in Indianapolis for 2020. Our argument was you got to pay the guy in order to have the locker room respect him. The the lawyer's got to drive yeah. a nice car. Right. Right. Uh, or, or, or the lawyer's not taken seriously. And um, I don't think the Steelers care about that. Uh, I think the, the Steelers are just happy that they have somebody who's going to be taken more seriously than Mason Rudolph. And, and it, it could work. Right, Chris, one of the things that I say all the time is Mitchell Trubisky was never properly used by Matt Nagy. That was the thing that you were upset about from day one. The comments that Nagy gave to, I think it was the ESPN Monday Night crew about Trubisky and the limitations in the offense. I mean, he didn't fit the offense, and the offense wasn't revised to fit Trubisky. Trubisky can run the ball very well. You didn't see that get unleashed, maybe the way it should have been in Chicago. And they still went to the playoffs twice with Trubisky because why? Why? Because they have a great defense, and they otherwise have a pretty good supporting cast. The Steelers can still be a playoff team with Trubisky. Trubisky is going to be better than Ben Roethlisberger was last year, just walking through the door because Roethlisberger was a shell of what he used to be. Agreed. It'd be more dangerous, that's for sure. With his athleticism, his arm is stronger than Big Ben. You know, yes, he's not as polished and all that as far as maybe reading defenses, but as we know, you're right. I mean, Big Ben, 
you know, was not an aggressive decision maker, was looking to dink and dunk, didn't want to get hit. You don't have to worry about that, let alone with the added of, wait, the movement of Trubisky, couple that with Najee Harris. We saw all the speed sweeps and reverses with Chase Claypool. It gives them more moving parts. And, you know, there's potential here. To where, yeah, you gave them a deal and you go, prove it to us. To prove it to us, you can be the starter of this football team and you know, we'll reward you a year or two from now and see where it goes. But also it does. It gives them the wiggle room with the draft like you're talking about. It gives them a little wiggle room to uh, evaluate Dwayne Haskins a little bit more, who they tendered yesterday. are going to be giving him, what, a little over $2.5 So I think there's a lot of things they're still trying to figure out about that quarterback position. But at least they got one and really two guys that – you know, they seem to at least trust to a degree to where, you know, to your point, they're not going to be desperate come draft time to go, oh, man, if we don't get a quarterback, what the hell are we going to do? We left ourselves in a spot here where we got nothing. They got a lot of options now. And they got Mitch Trubisky for a steal. I'd love to know what other teams had on the table because you can say, hey, the guy's in demand, but we're only budgeting seven, well, six, eight million per year. I wonder I wonder if he could have gotten as much or more to come be the backup to Daniel Jones yeah. with Brian Dayball versus right. going to Pittsburgh and and at least until the draft being the starter. That's the one thing that That's I hope the, he yes. realizes. Right. He's potentially going to get supplanted by whoever they take in round one of the draft, and he needs to be ready for that possibility that he's going to be knocked down, that he's going to have the future starter hovering over his shoulder, and he's going to maybe get two or three or four starts in September like Mike Glennon did five years ago. Yeah, that's the risk. That's the risk. But there, there's a reward, too, to where, hey, maybe they don't draft the quarterback and you get to be the guy. Or they do draft the quarterback and you're still the guy and you have a good year. And if they do want to go with the future of the guy, okay, you've shown everybody you had a good year and you're a starting quarterback, and now you get to go get paid like one. You know, that, that to me, your question there was where I was going to go next with it just as, you know, yeah, it, maybe maybe he got a better offer from other teams to be a backup quarterback. But he knew, like, wait, I'm going to be the true backup. And, you know, the chances of me getting on the field are a little less than a place where, where Pittsburgh where – he looks at it and probably looked at your clips and went, wait, they have Mason Rudolph there. I like my chances. Let's do this. And, okay, the draft thing, yeah, that'll be annoying if I got to deal with it. But this is still probably the best opportunity he has you know, to further his career. And even with some of these quarterbacks – you know, and I don't want to get into my breakdowns of these guys yet because I'm doing it next week. But you know, I don't think there's anybody that just jumps out to where you go, oh, plug them and play them, and here we go right now. Let's go. We're ready to go, especially where they're going to be sitting out at the draft. So even with that and assessing that landscape, he could probably go, if they draft a quarterback, I don't know if any of these guys are just plug and play, and here we go. This is Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson or Joe Burrow. And I think that that's probably got to be in his thought process a little too and why he signed with the Steelers as well. Question. Yes. And I'm thinking of this because Stephon Diggs tweeted, Money Mitch Rockstar. So Diggs is a believer in Trubisky based upon People their year like together him. in Buffalo. Yeah. It was a couple of years ago that Stephon Diggs decided to get out of Minnesota on the same day that Kirk Cousins signed what was his second contract with the Vikings. Would you want Trubisky at $7 million a year or Kirk Cousins at $35 million a year? Basically, is Cousins five times better than Trubisky in your mind? Um, no, he's not. He's not five times better. No, he's not. Trubisky's talent level is greater than Kirk Cousins. 
You know, he just he started a career where he had different offensive coordinators and then like you said, had an offensive coordinator head coach who really didn't do much to help him or fix him and that offense was stinky. It didn't matter like we saw last year. There was no Trubisky there. It was still a stinky offense. So, no, he's definitely not five times better and I do think there's there's potential to be a lot more with Trubisky. You know, I, I, and I think that's what everybody's kind of excited for. And I think that's what we heard in Buffalo. There's growth there. You know, he's smarter than people gave him credit for. He's got a better arm than people give him credit for. And you've mentioned the athleticism, let alone it's hard to find a person in, in, in Buffalo or, or um, Chicago that doesn't like the guy. He's got a good way with players. So I think all of those things, he brings some stuff to the football team. And, you know, he has potential to be more talented than Kirk Cousins. Yes. And I raised that question specifically because in 2017, which was Mitch Trubisky's rookie year, that was the second time Washington used the franchise tag on Kirk Cousins. And they had an aggressive and heated debate in the organization about whether to pay Cousins what was $24 million for that year or Colt McCoy $3 million and make him the starter. Right. And the argument was there's no way in how Kirk Cousins is eight times better than Colt McCoy, but they decided to pay Cousins $24 million. That guy continues to get paid kudos to him it's the american way but uh, dollar for dollar maybe there are better believe values that. out let there let me just the check that right hold on found that's, one. um 3 or is that four times we've brought up the vikings now in the show so that's far all right. but you're not a that's vikings right. fan nothing like that no uh, yeah it, they're they're newsy they're relevant i mean what the hell we're not supposed to talk about them in the <laughs> nfl every story goes back to the vikings Let's, Oh, yeah. Let's let's talk about a guy who was drafted in the first round by the Vikings. Hey, boom, fourteen. Boom, keep it going. Let's see if you can do it for next, everything we do today. Next, Just keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> the next item on the list: Teddy Bridgewater, a one-year deal with the Miami Dolphins, and we we had a feeling they were going to be looking for a quarterback. Yeah, a guy who doesn't obviously supplant to a Tonga Vailoa and in turn activate to and on. You kind of got to sneak up on two and on. You can't go in the front door of two and on. You got to sneak in the <laughs> back dangerous. door with two and on. <laughs> One year, six and a half million dollars with three and a half million in incentives. I haven't seen the triggers yet, but I assume they're premised on actually playing. Not they're not Odo Beckham Jr. team incentives. They are Antonio Brown performance incentives. So a greater incentive, literally, for Teddy Bridgewater to win the job from Tua Tonga-Vailoa. And, you know, I talked to some people yesterday, and Teddy's going to say all the right things on the way in the door. That's right. But there is a thought that Teddy is perfectly tailor-made for the Shanahan offense. Yes. And that he's going to get it done with Mike McDaniel. I mean, it's, it's, it's the perfect, really, scenario, I think, for both sides. He's a he's first offered the Dolphins. They want to make it work with Tua. And this is a guy that is not going to make the fan base clamor and be like, we got to see Teddy, we got to see Teddy, we got to see Teddy. Tua will have to play bad, or not good at least, for that to happen. He's not going to be the guy. So so there you go. You got a backup who's, you know, obviously played some football and can do some good things in football. But it's not going to be the kind of guy that's a lightning rod backup to where a fan base wants to, like, see him and can't wait to get him on the field. So that's good for that standpoint. For Bridgewater, it's perfect for him. Wait, let's go to a place that has a good football team and a quarterback that uh, has been a little questionable, and I think really that I might have just as much talent, if not more, 
and I think I could throw the ball better, it's perfect for him too. Let alone, I think your point's real. Yes, he's going to fit the Shanahan system. He's smart. We know that. Play action pass, get it out of your hands, the bootlegs, all of that. So it's good for the Dolphins, the team that's good, and it gives them a backup plan. Uh, I think it's good for Tua. It puts a little guy on his, you know, a, a guy on his butt a little bit to get him going. And then it, it protects Mike McDaniel. It does. And their offense, too, and he fits. So I thought that was a good signing by Bridgewater and the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the consummate teammate. But you know what he's going to do? He's going to walk through the door, and he's got a way yeah. of, of guys gravitating toward him. And, uh, look, Tua has been through a lot in two years with the Dolphins. And it was ugly last year. But at the end of the year, he won eight out of nine games. I mean, they're in a great spot. It's a win-win for them if they play it the right way. And with Mike McDaniel, they will. Mike McDaniel, I believe, based on our exposure to him, two weeks ago he'll know how to say all the right things at the right time and smooth this all over but at the end of the day they got to play the guy that gives him the best chance to win and it's a meritocracy and if Teddy Bridgewater's getting it done at a higher level than Tua and maybe Teddy maybe Teddy just kind of his presence and his influence just kind of gently nudges Tua yeah, in the right, right direction right but that incentive package and that that was you know we talked about the Christian Kirk deal and some of the initial reports reports focused on the high end up to 84 million. I didn't see a whole lot of up to 10 million when Teddy Bridgewater's deal was first leaked. It was just one year, 6.5. You throw in that up to 10 million, it's got a different vibe to it. And, and I think that this is kind of a deft way for the Dolphins to manage a situation where they know they have concerns about Tua. They're, they're all in with Tua because th- there isn't a clearly better option that's fallen into their laps. But, this Teddy thing gives them protection. And his opportunity is probably going to come in the form of a Tua injury. Yeah, well, that's Let's what I was going to say, it. too. Exactly right. Year. Right. Yes. And then if he comes in and plays well and wins, then that's when the fans start saying, hey, you know what? We kind of like this guy. He's from Miami. He's always kind of wanted to play for the Dolphins. You know, he's, he's a nice guy. Everybody likes him. Maybe it should be Teddy Non, yeah. not Tua Non. So, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it, it, it makes a lot way, of sense. There's a way it plays out very well for the Dolphins if they need it to. Uh, agreed, agreed. He 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 answer. He checks all the boxes for what they need there. And you're right, Tua. I mean, we've seen he he can get injured. You know, that, that's a real thing. So they they don't want to ruin their chances with a with a team that's a playoff caliber roster. You know, just with their quarterback going down. And he's not, you know, that huge threat. And I like the rest of what the Dolphins did. We got a running back. Again, it's Mike McDaniel. It's just like we talked about with Mike LaFleur. It's the Shanahan scheme. They need a runner that can plant the foot of the ground to go, go afterburners up my butt and fly through that hole. Get Chase Edmonds. That was great. You know, they didn't let Gusecki get out the door. You know, another offense. You're talking about they need to find their George Kittle. There they go. They got him. You know, that, that's like, that's a big addition. And then get a value receiver to kind of go along with the group. Cedric Wilson from the Dallas Cowboys. Don't have to overpay, but get a guy that, you know, can do a little bit of everything on the football field, round out your roster. I thought the Miami made some, some really good tactical moves yesterday along with re-signing Emmanuel Agba. Yeah, snatching Cedric Wilson from the Cowboys is a big deal because the Cowboys, part of the grand plan, I think, was they to trade Amari Cooper. Right. And you keep Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson. You add Chase Edmonds, who was the odd man out in Arizona because they kept James Conner. Ogba, I thought he was heading for free agency. They get the deal done with him just before it all starts. Yep. And, and this is one of the benefits of tampering. You find out what else is out there, and you decide to stay put quietly. And, not, and look, they've been above 500 the last two years. 
They, they, they just if they can iron out some of the dysfunction that is baked into the organization, if Mike McDaniel can do that, stabilize, normalize, uh, Dolphins can make things interesting. Yes. In 2020. No, no, no question. It's a team that's not far off. We saw last year how they can get hot and they can play with anybody in the league. Their defense is really damn good. They got just about everything you need on that side of the ball. Agba for the New England defensive scheme that they're running there still. Uh, he's defense end, yeah, but he's like he's got the strength of a uh, a smaller defensive tackle where you can move him in. He can play three four stuff. He's got a lot of versatility there, and yeah, now you know we talk about their offensive line. Okay, improve that. Hopefully, a little bit as free agency and the draft goes along, and it will get improved because you know Mike McDaniel is an expert in that area. He knows how to coach the offensive line and get them on the same page in the run game and the pass protections and all that. So yeah, I still think you know even though it was a little weird at start to the offseason with Miami. Uh, they're still going in the right direction there, and they've, they've made a good mo- some good moves yesterday. All right, uh, we need to take a break. When we return, and, and this is a twist on a tweet that I saw from our friend Clarence Hill of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Baker Mayfield may be waking up this morning feeling something other than dangerous. We'll explain when PFT Live continues right after this. Treat dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make dad's day with gifts up to 60% off.